0: your Real Money Talks host, Laurel Langmire, gets straight to the point about what it actually takes to make money and build lasting wealth in today's changing economic climate. If you're ready to get the financial results you've always dreamed of, keep listening. Real Money Talks is the right place for you. And now here's your host, Laurel Langmire.
1: Hi, this is Laurel, and welcome back to Laurel's Real Money Talks, the podcast that talks about how to make, keep, and invest money. And the highest priority of this conversation is the team that supports you and having specialized experts in all the areas. So today I have uh, my CFO, extraordinary tax strategist. Well, then, how much uh, do you think the clients this year got back? Over $2 million in the tax strategies that you've uh, really introduced them to? Oh,
2: the savings, the savings and the, the strategies. I mean, it's, it's way over $2 million.
1: That's why I I know just a few people were probably two million so probably upward of three. So uh, Weldon Wolstein is with us today, and we're going to have a conversation about entities, why being incorporated is so critical. As I teach all the time, my simplest way of explaining it is companies make money, individuals get taxed. So we're going to talk about why get incorporated and uh, the myths. So many people, so many accountants tell you, you know, you don't make enough money. Uh, We don't believe that at all. It's about intention. Do you want to live in this corporate lifestyle? The new tax laws, which will be coming on a, a podcast coming soon, not exactly on this one. We're going to touch on it. We're going to tease on it, but we're going to do a very specific podcast on the new tax law in the next few weeks. But today we want to just introduce you to the entities, how critical it is to that being part of your strategy and the tax benefits for doing it. So welcome, Weldon.
2: Well, thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
1: And tell them a little bit just about your background. So uh, start there, and then we'll uh, keep leading into it.
2: Yeah, I actually started working in the accounting field when I was a a small kid. I worked as a bookkeeper for my parents, which was kind of funny. And then through college, I worked. I've been started in Los Angeles. Worked down there, started a CPA firm in 1989, and been have been growing and and doing tax strategies and tax preparation with oil and gas, with entities, getting a little more complex now. So I've been CFOs for manufacturing companies. I own my own companies. I, I'm an entrepreneur as well, as most people probably listening to this. I believe and I actually, what I, I do what I teach versus just teach it. So I'm in my strategies. I actually, I mean, part of what I, what I do is I'll implement these strategies that I teach everybody or, or work with everybody on I actually implement that in my own my own life and my own practice, so kind of a brief history, I guess that uh, yep. says where I came from. so
1: Well, and like you said, you want your team, your your wealth team, whether it's uh, a tax strategist, to a lawyer, to an alternative financial planner, to actually be walking their talk and doing it, and there's so many people who just give advice and actually do nothing that they say. so that's a critical part of our team, and uh, Weldon and I have several businesses together. so let's talk about the businesses.
2: I actually was talking to somebody this morning, and it's a current client. And I told them uh, we basically converted to an S corp from an LLC they had on the, as a sole prop, sole prop on the return. I converted them. They actually went back to their old accountants and talked to them about this current year what they're going to do. And the old accountant said, "Oh, I'm not sure't weren't sure if you're going to come back or not." He goes, "Oh, we know, I was planning on it, but I just had help with this guy. He suggested that, so he came to me, and I suggested we convert this. He goes, "Oh yeah, that's a really good idea. You probably saved a lot of money doing that And my client <laughs> now said, "So why didn't you tell me this before i mean it, it, it was it was actually a pretty funny conversation. We had to go before oh, yeah that's I mean, you can go to Costco and buy you know or Walmart or whatever it is and buy TurboTax and and the form is going to look exactly the same, whether I do it or where the TurboTax prints it out. That form's not going to change. It's just where the the income and stuff goes on the different lines.
1: Joel, well, to your point, I mean, most people think that it's about revenue versus intention. And you know I'm, I want to use our new pilot. we have, we're we're seeming to get lots of pilots lately. So they're high income earners. And the two strategies is one get a business on the side, which most of them, you know do, flying lessons, or they can, you know, contract out to other charters, so they can have legal business, so they don't know about having a business as one strategy, and then the investing, which is a whole other conversation, also reduces their huge tax base. So, let's start with why get a company, and then let's go into each of the four that are here in America, and uh, how you use them.
2: Yeah, so to go back to the why, we kind of need to explain, we'll use that pilot as an example. So, the pilot decides to do some flying lessons on the side super simple. He could actually go ahead and do those flying lessons. He can start a sole proprietorship. So most people, when they think small businesses, they're probably thinking sole proprietorship. And so when you, with the sole proprietorship, that's just, if you want to do a business, you like say I'm in business, boom, you're in business. You file that on your personal return. Um, You file it on the form called a schedule fee. So some people I mean they probably have sole proprietorships and they don't even realize what they're doing because a lot of people don't don't even look at their tax returns and But what happens with the sole proprietorship is you have revenues, you have expenses, and then you have net income. Now that net income is going to be taxed for not only for income tax purposes but it's also going to be taxed for social Security and Medicare tax, so that 100 percent of that net income gets taxed at an additional fifteen point3 percent that's a huge number. So without any other kind of entity, no other tax strategies, I mean, you're going to basically, if you're just starting a business, if you don't have a company, you're going to end up paying at least on a majority of your income, 15.3% more tax than you would normally. So that's kind of the base of when you are starting a business, you've made that commitment. Now to kind of go a step further, the main different companies that we can set up that most people know about. And there's two main companies or types of entities that people have heard about. Uh, They've heard about a corporation and then they heard about LLCs or limited liability companies. So uh, an LLC, and it's actually a fairly new type of entity. And the reason why an LLC was set up is because the attorneys were running out of things to do and thought that it would be a great idea to be able to create a new type of entity that would give you limited liability. So it gives you liability protection, just like a corporation does, without having to do all of the administrative work that's required by the corporation. So they developed this thing called an LLC. It it took a while to actually go through and get accepted in in all the different states. Most states accept them and and treat them all the same at this point. Um, But with an LLC, and that's where people kind of get confused is you have some options with an LLC of how to treat it. So it's still the same, no matter what you do, it's still the same exact legal entity. So when you file for an LLC, an LLC is an LLC, no matter what you do, still the same legal entity. Now, for tax purposes or for the IRS, you actually can, can treat it differently. You can treat it as a disregarded entity. So that's a, a basically... Would be treated exactly the same for tax purposes as a sole proprietorship. Um, so everything, it would you file the, the return on your Schedule C. You it has you come down, you get the net income. That net income is taxed 100% for Social Security Medicare purposes. So again, you're paying that additional 15.3%. You then also pay the regular ordinary income tax on top of it. No different than having just starting a business. The only difference there is you actually have an entity you have the LLC, which gives you some liability protection. So you would have some liability protection. And that's really, when you have a disregarded entity, that's really what you're looking for is that that's primarily that liability protection. Now, you can also, let's say, if you have a partner, you can create an LLC. You can elect to be treated as a partnership. So with a partnership, that's where we would actually file a partnership return. And that partnership returns, we always call it by the number, it's a 1065. So that partnership return has and the, the whole process of calculating the, the net income is always the same. You've got the gross revenues, you're gonna have all the direct expense, you know, all the expenses that are associated with that business come down to the net income. What a partnership does is a partnership will split that net income based off the ownership. So if you're 50-50, the each partner is gonna get half of that net income to get it uh, distributed to them on what's called a K1. And that is just like a, if somebody who worked for somebody else, you got a 1099, the K-1 distributes that income down to the partners. You pay, you you report it on your personal return. Again, you're still going to have to pay that Social Security and Medicare tax. That 15.3% is still going to be added on to that partnership because of the way you treat the partnership income. It's treated as earned income, runs through a self-employment, and you would have to pay the self-employed additional 15.3%. Now, with the, there's another with it, a couple, two other things that you can do with the partnership or the LLC, you can treat it as an S corporation. So let's say you are a single member LLC. It's just you own hundred percent and you want to get some, we want to do a few tax strategies. So currently what we can do is we can treat you as a S corporation. So you're still legally treated as a LLC. So that's your legal entity is still that LLC, but for tax purposes, we would we treat it just like an S corporation. So we treat it just like if you were incorporated and made the S election, we filed that same exact form, which is called the 1120S. Now, this is where we get to play with a little bit. When you treat yourself as an S corporation, you have to pay yourself a wage. Corporations are required to pay reasonable wages. So what everybody asked me, well, what's a reasonable wage? And I said that reasonable wage is basically whatever we can come up with that would be reasonable. That number... Is dependent on what the person does, a whole bunch of different factors. We try to keep that as number as low as possible, but um, we do have to actually create that that reasonable wage. So now that wage of what we do, that wage is actually that's where we have to pay the additional fifteen point three percent. So on that wage, we have to pay that social security Medicare tax. So now, let's say the S corporation makes a hundred thousand dollars. Let's say we pay. Or, and, and then these have been tested in the courts so let's say we pay fifty thousand dollars in a wage and the other income we just pull out as a distribution so fifty thousand dollars of that is going to be taxed for that additional 50, then we'll use fifteen percent so with that fifty thousand dollars you know you're going to be paying the seven you know seventy-five, roughly seventy five hundred dollars in social security and medicare tax now, if you were treating yourself as a disregarded LLC or a sole proprietorship on that $100,000, you would have to pay $15,000 in social security and Medicare tax. So the difference of taking that entity and, and treating it as an S Corp and treating it as a disregarded entity or you know a sole proprietorship, like just making that one election, we save 7,500 bucks. Yes, there is a little bit of paperwork we have to do. We have to do a, a tax return. But even if you're having, most people should have a bookkeeper or should have that person on their team. They can do it. They're already doing their their payroll or they already have payroll. So there's no, typically from what I see, there's no very little additional cost to that. The one thing I want to say
1: though, is it's a huge number, is speak a little bit, just I don't want to have you on a little bit of a tangent, but just the people that do, you know, the bookkeeping, because I also find, and you see it as like, I see, because we have a lot of the same, you know, clients is they are trying to do the bookkeeping themselves and hiring a bookkeeper who knows how to do just your basic stuff versus a company, what advice, you know, around that? I mean, we clearly have resources we can help with bookkeeping, but if somebody's listening to this podcast from wherever the world they are, what advice would you give them about who to hire to do that bookkeeping? Just a few criteria tips, right?
2: A lot of people wanna save money. They said, Oh, it's bookkeeping's too expensive. I'll just do it myself. I can do it myself. 95% of those people end up doing the bookkeeping in January of the, you know, the next year or right before their tax appointment for the next year, they spend weeks. just like frantically trying to remember what they're doing. So they're they're scrambling to do that. Whereas even if they, and it's not the, the, the best option, but even if they hire, I mean, anybody to actually get that off their plate, I mean, that additional time that they wasted doing that work, you can be spending doing, you know, doing marketing, doing, you know, other sales calls, actually getting revenue into the company instead of just wasting, wasting your time. So now, now to who to hire or who who to actually have do this, you can hire somebody uh, that's off the street. You can also, there's also companies that are in India that, that will do it. But one of the things that, that most people that I see are missing is they're missing that the bookkeeping and then. That analysis. So when you have a firm that offers bookkeeping and maybe like for our what we do for our firm, we actually offer bookkeeping in our in our company. And each month, I actually I'll I'll take the bookkeepers that give me the PNL. I take a look at the PLs, I kind of peruse them. I'll go through them. If there's anything that looks strange or you know maybe I have an idea. Then we actually will reach out to that the client and kind of discuss it. So that is not typical of what happens with a bookkeeping. Most people get the bookkeeping done, it gets filed away, even if uh, or they don't even get a copy of the, their financial statements until they're ready for to prepare their tax returns. So the tax preparer they hand them, but they don't even look at their P and L. They hand the P and L to the tax preparer. Tax preparer like takes those numbers, puts it on the forms, doesn't even really talk or question the, the numbers, and then gives it gives them the tax return. You just miss. A whole bunch of stuff. What happens if there were expenses that were missing? What happens if there were expenses that were maybe on the balance sheet treated as a draw and they should have been treated as business expenses? Where is that extra analysis? You need that extra analysis, that, that little extra step, in order to maximize your deductions, in order to maximize or, or lessen the total amount of tax that you're going to pay. I mean that that key is what it gets missed in. Everybody that I see that comes in with an outside bookkeeping stuff, you know, and then we'll have to, I'll have to spend more time and I kind of, I'll go through it, but you know, you, you, you really want to have that extra analysis, find a team member or find somebody that has that extra little, little check. And, you know, you might see there, there might be bookkeepers out there that, that say they've got the, the expert analysis and even they might even be tax preparers that are doing it. But when you look at that, one of the couple, so so to kind of continue this little tangent, one of the questions is ask, ask your tax preparer who their biggest client is. You know, what's their biggest net worth? Ask their tax preparer who, uh, of their clients, who have, I mean, how many entities, the maximum number of entities that that one client knows. So what you're doing is you're kind of questioning your tax preparer, questioning them, see if he actually has done this analysis, see if he's, he's looked at these things, see if they've, they can act, can, can figure out this puzzle of what you're trying to do. I mean, and there are, there are other people outside of, you know, this, community know, I've, I've met a couple, not, not as many, but I mean, you have, you got to make that interview. You got to talk to that person. I think that was a little bit long-winded, but did that answer your question there, Laurel?
1: That was totally answered it. Yep. And let's head back over okay. to entities, continue our entity talk.
2: Okay. So um, that was with the, we're still on the LLC and the S corp. The, other thing you can do with an LLC is you can actually treat it as, a, it's called an association, which treats it as a C-corp. So now this is where you kind of, it gets a little fun because maybe you live in a state that has a high tax and you have a, an online business or you have some kind of online web consulting or something like that. Um, we could set up an LLC. You could, you could create a business location, which you have to have that business location. We can create it in the, we'll my favorite state. We'll choose Nevada. We create a business location we incorporate that or if it's an llc we can do it in llc in nevada we can treat it as an association taxed as a c corp so the money uh will basically the revenues and the profits uh, the net profits get taxed for the federal purposes but because nevada doesn't have a income tax there's no state income tax saving a, a substantial amount of money if you're a high income tax state now there are some very this, this is the caveat there are some restrictions on that. So you need to make sure that, that you're meeting those guidelines. But I mean, that's kind of one way. And, and even the a further conversation that we can do that type of strategy with different countries. You know, maybe there's other countries that you can move this stuff to. you have to, for personally, we still have to do the international income here if you're a U.S. citizen. But I'm sure there's probably some people that aren't U.S. citizens that are listening to it, that. I mean, there are strategies using multiple companies, same way we would use if we had multiple states. Or if you're in a high income from state, creating a company in that no tax state. So that's mm-hmm. kind of the LLCs. So partnerships. We'll be pretty quick with partnerships. Partnerships are pretty are a loose association between two people. And like an LLC, you can treat yourself as it's taxed as a as a partnership. So it's taxed on that form 1065. Um, you come up with an agreement in some states you actually file and you know file as a partnership and you get a filing number through the state. Some states don't even require you to file um, with that. The with a partnership. Now, um, as a general, there's a general partnership, and then there's some limited partnerships. Now, a general partnership, you're going to be taxed just like a sole proprietorship. The revenue is going to be split between the owners. It'll come down. It's going to be taxed at the individual level, pay the additional Social Security Medicare tax. One of the biggest things, the problems I have with a partnership is there's no liability protection and if you are, have a partner, you are basically married to that partner and whatever they get into, if they get into trouble, you can actually be liable for their trouble. So it can actually spread the liability between the people, which is so it's jointly and separately liable is kind of the term that they do. So you can be, if there's a liability, and so this can be even a, a partner liability. Let's say the partner does something and he has a liability. They can actually come in and take the whole partnership, not just their percentage which can be a a little bit of a detriment. Now, we have these other things called limited liability partnerships. And this was really popular back in the 80s for oil and gas. This is because we didn't have any kind of LLC. So this is what we set up with the the oil and gas investment. So with the the limited partnerships, what happens is you have a general partner. And then that general partner maybe has a super small percentage, 1% typically. That's where the liability lies, and then you have, and this is where you have investors, and you can have investors come in, and then they basically invest into the, the limited partnership. They have a limited liability, so their only liability is up to that investment portion. So if they put a hundred thousand dollars in, their liability is that hundred thousand dollars. like they could potentially lose that hundred thousand dollars, so they're not going to share anybody else's liability. But they're also, I mean, that's it's limited. So there's some some tax benefits to the limited partnerships, but it's a little bit of a concern, and one of the other the other ways you can use that limited uh, or a partnership is we can do what's called like a family partnership, and that's one a method to transfer wealth from yourself to the kids without really transferring control. So the family, let's say you have an apartment building, you put that apartment building into this, this partnership. You contribute or you give to the kids a small interest in this partnership that you meet that that exemption, the $14,000 per person per year, you give that value away to the kids each year, transferring the value of this asset to the heirs without, you know, through like the gift taxing, basically a gift taxing mechanism. Wherein then with that, the parents still remain as the general partner. So they remain in control. The general partner controls that partnership. So there are ways to utilize partnerships, but we're not using them quite as much because of the LLC and the options with the LLC that we've got. Perfect. Let's talk about corporations. Everybody, when, and it's funny, you have these conversations with people and they say, oh, I need to get a corporation. And a lot of times they don't necessarily know the difference between a corporation and an LLC. So a corporation is a completely separate legal entity than an LLC. It is a corporation. Corporations have been around for a very long time. I actually really like corporations. Well, the reason being is corporations have been been around for a long time they're proven as long as you follow this method and you follow these certain rules it's very very difficult for them to pierce the corporate veil one of the things also with the the corporations is you can have somebody else be the the um, directors so you can basically hide behind somebody else so you can be the owner and nobody's going to really know that you're the owner because the only thing that's public are are the directors on the corporation now, with this, this is what we'll touch on at the new tax law, just a tinge. Just a, a um, with the new tax law, so they've affected corporations. They've also affected sole prop- some other entities too. But corp- the corporate, everybody should know that the corporate tax rate is going down from the top 35% down to 21%. They did try to get it to the flat 20%, needed to add a little additional revenue. So it, it was at they ended up being at 21%. So that's that's when you are a C corporation. So as a C corporation, you have those revenues, you have the expenses, you come to the net income, that C corporation pays its own tax. That money does not flow to your individual return. It doesn't go anywhere. That corporation pays its own tax. So now everybody says, oh, well, corporations get double tax. If you do pull money out as a dividend, yes, you will be double taxed because you've already paid tax on it once. And then you're going to pay tax on it again as a dividend. That is absolutely true, but that corporation can also give fringe benefits. It can pay for, I mean, there's limitations on, on these things, but it can pay for uh, college expenses for your employees, and if you're the only employer, you have your kids as the employee, I mean, you can pay for $5,200 of college expenses per year per employee. Nah, it has I mean, there's a, a plethora of different fringe benefits that it can do. It can supply company vehicles, um, you know, you have to track your miles and stuff, but there are other ways to get funds out of that company versus pulling them out of dividends. Um, You can borrow money from the company as long as you've got promissory notes. I mean, yes. So this whole thing, you actually have to put more, uh, a little more work into it. Um, There's a little more administrative requirements for these. But with that, I mean, one of the strategies that we use is is income leveling. So we like to take, if you make a million dollars, we can maybe take that million dollars and spread it out over, your kids, a couple of corporations. I mean, we can spread it out over all these different entities. And instead of being in, and now what the top rate is 37%, instead of being in the 37% bracket, if we can keep you down into the 25% bracket, I mean, that's, that's, that's a huge savings. And, you know, it used to be almost a 15%, up 39 but now it's you know, dropped a little bit, but that's still a huge savings if we can spread this out. People still pay for kids' colleges out of their own own pocket, not being able to take a deduction. Why don't, Why don't we have kids as, as an employee? Yes, they do have to do something, but put them on as an employee. I mean, sorry, I, I get excited and I could, I could go on and on on all these different things um, of what you can do with the different corporations from, you know, the different states. And yeah. So one of the things to kind of touch on the international aspect. So for international, there are restrictions as far as ownership for S corporations and LLCs as far as international individuals. And then typically with an international, we can create a corporation that can Usually, Um, most anybody can own actually own that C corporation. And what kind of an international strategy is a lot of these people want to invest into the U.S. So what we do is we'll create the C corporation. They fund it. That C corporation that owns these other assets um, goes out and buys oil and gas or buys uh, real estate. All that money then comes back into the C corporation. It has the corporation has to pay a U.S. tax on it. That money stays here in the U.S. And if they decide to come over to the U.S., they can actually use that. You know, if they've got some travel expenses or other operating expenses for that company to, to offset some of the revenues, they can use that, that money here. They can build other wealth accounts with that corporation. So you're basically utilizing that, that corporation, utilizing that company to build U.S. wealth. Um, and they, a lot of times, sometimes they bring it back to their home home country. Sometimes um, usually what we try to, to do is try to get them to, to keep it here reinvesting it here into the U.S. Um, and utilizing that the tax, and now especially that corporate tax rate is uh, lower, which is it'll be, you know, down in the, the lower percentages versus the higher percentages for corporate tax rates around the world.
1: So, well, then if you want to have a session or see if they qualify really to work with you, I'm going to say it that way. <laughs> what do you want? Do you want them to go to askaurel.com and just put in a request to have a conversation and give a little detail about their situation? How do you want them to follow up or contact
2: you? Yeah, that would be the best way to, to do it. Some of the requirements, you know, we want to make sure that mostly these people should be accredited and typically going to be an accredited investor or pretty high end or have a, have a little bit better of an understanding. You know, and we can go into an in-depth conversation, but I think the best route would be just to go through your, your site and, and, you know, give a little detail and route it that way.
1: All right. So those of you that are listening and want a conversation and say, oh, this this could be me or I'm curious. Go to asklaurel.com, put in your name, your phone number, your email, make a request for us to follow up with you. Um, If you're not accredited, we still have teams that you will be able to talk to. It's just not going to be well then, but it will be the same people, same philosophy, same people on our team. Those of you that are international, if this is interesting to you, we can do a whole call and a whole podcast just on international uh, entity and tax strategies. We have people from around the world that uh, do business the way that we're talking about and we will be back. So we will be posting our topics going forward into the next few months and the new tax code is critical. So that will be coming soon and you'll be uh, having that conversation with Weldon soon. Yeah. So Weldon, yeah. thank you. And uh, the team of Live Out, thanks for uh, supporting. You're on Laurel's Rural Money Talks, having a conversation about entities and tax and it is absolutely critical. If you're serious about getting rich, this is not even advice giving. This is just do it. So have a great day. We'll be back in touch. And again, if you have any conversation you want to have with us, go to askoral.com. Talk soon.
0: Thank you for joining Laurel for this segment of Real Money Talks, How to Make Money, Manage Money, and Invest Money. To continue this new conversation and to find free resources to support your wealth creation, visit asklaurel.com forward slash podcast gifts. That's A-S-K-L-O-R-A-L.com forward slash podcast gifts. Thanks for listening and join us again soon. New episodes are released every week.